Hey guys, just a heads up, this is a not safe for work podcast, so keep it in your pants until you won't get busted. <laughs> Orgasmic Terrorist, a podcast about acceptance around becoming authentic within our sexual exploration. Orgasmic Terrorist. Welcome to Orgasmic Terrace. Jenna and Sarah's here. Hey guys. We have been all over the place with our podcast. And it was pointed out to me by a good friend this weekend that they have not heard one recently just about sex for sex. <gasps> what? Wow. We're trying to be like all responsible and have all these different themes. And so I want to also placate and give people what they're also asking for. Figured this I like time, talking about sex. <laughs> don't we both? <laughs> so I figured this time we would just kind of casually have a conversation and see where it leads us in and around whether we want to talk about sexual positions, what our favorite ones are, what we like, what other people might like. So I'm going to ask you just to start things. What is one of your favorite sexual positions for you? is kind of like a go-to move, like a finishing move. It's interesting that you asked this. I've been asked this question many times when I did online dating and it was all about what's your favorite position? And I, this was I on think a dating profile. Like people ask, I'm well, so naive about dating. I know, which we will do a whole episode on online dating. <laughs> but the reason why I bring it up is because I used to tell them there's my standard operating position is missionary, girl on top, and doggy. Those are it. Those are my only favorite ones. But what it Can comes you describe down? for us really quick why each one of those? Because missionary was really good for what I loved about it was when my body in a missionary position, it's so natural that I actually have a totally different orgasm in that okay. position. It's Is the penetration a different thing for you in that? Does it more yeah. allow your G-spot to be rubbed on by laying flat on your back or is it just like a comfortable connective a, thing for you? I think it's a connective thing. I really do. Okay. And then it's the one that I, it takes me out of my head more because I'm okay. like focusing on like how great it feels to have all of them. You could wrap around them. But then I had this one lover, the blue tarp one, his a quirk that he had, which not shaming his quirk at all. I totally get it. But he wanted me to be on top. And no kissing. And that's how we had sex. Okay. But you're incorporating that into your favorites, not because of that. No, because I was in love with being on top. I got used to being on top with him. So now when I'm with other people, it's not the same. Sometimes I'm on top, sometimes I'm not. What I'm trying to get out, I guess, is that I like being on top, but now it's not as much as my go-to. If I'm going to take control and have the orgasm and I don't care what my partner is doing, I'm going to get on top. Let me do this, babe. I got this bitch. <laughs> so there's a there's an affectionate joke in there between yeah. me and my boyfriend about basically when you're on top, men just are meat sleds, basically, right? right. Because women get up on top, we're in charge. Right. And we oh, just yes. go for broke because we're in charge and we get to do whatever we want. And then there's a little bit of a if you have more dominant partners and they're allowing this, not allowing, I don't want to say it like that, but if you're on top, then you are kind of the dominant partner. And I think sometimes that perception works too. Is there anything specifically? Are those things the reason that you like being on top? I'm in control. I love how you said meat slid because that is a great description. Yeah, I mean, I know there's exactly very little time. That, like, whoever, and it doesn't have to be like, could be your female partner on the bottom with a strap. Could right. be anybody, but whoever's on the bottom is definitely the meat sled, right? Right, right. Yeah. I know that when I was on top in the past, because each partner is different. So sure. it's like you, your body fits differently. But in the past, when I was on top, I always felt like I was totally out of control. And I was just going for, oh my God, if I rub just this way or ride it just this way, it is going to get me this orgasm. You know, okay. it's not the same one as being a missionary, but it would get me this one where it's, I'm still in my head because I got to control it, but yet I'm over here. There was a lot of shame, I had to say. I had to tell you why. Let me back up a little bit because sometimes I feel like I'm a dog just rubbing against a piece of meat, right? You know, I'm just like, oh, right? <laughs> it's yeah. Not, it's obviously not like that, but that's how I feel sometimes when I was in that position because it was all me and I'm not comfortable in being in my head. And so then I started to feel this shame. And then so then that actually took away the orgasm because then I started feeling the shame. And I'm where like, do you think the shame came from, actually? What was shameful to you about it? 
probably my face. Like you were ashamed of the faces you were making? Yeah. Because I know that no body, no like... Just my face. I'm using them to use them. It's just the facial expressions. Yeah. And I know exactly where it came from. The kid that I lost my virginity to when I was 17. Yes. Oh my God. I just, oh, I wanted to give him my virginity so bad. I wanted to give it to him at 15 when I first met him, but we, you know, I was waiting until marriage because that was the Christian thing to do. And at 17, we decided to throw all that out the door and have sex. Yeah. Okay. Fair. (laughs) Go on. Ride that dick. Do it. So I did that. But then what happened was after we had sex, he got up and left two minutes later, just like no aftercare, no nothing. Not that we knew what that was back then. He was gone. Then I was there in my own space. Well, years later, we were able to come back together and talk about that. And he apologized. He goes, I really handled that poorly. I'm sorry. Wait, years later? Did you guys like one and done and you never saw him again? Never talked to me again. Was he a guy that you went to school with? Like you saw him on the tech? Shut up. Yeah. Totally years later. He just like you had sex and it was just like dead to me. Gone. Basically. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. I could see how that could be harmful. Sure. Yeah. Came together Years later, years later to have a conversation and he apologized, which was delightful that he apologized. And I was able to share my feelings and he shared his and he goes, I would love to do a do over. So we did. We got a hotel room. Did it again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And I'd already found my multiple orgasms at that time. I had obviously didn't have it the first time we were together, but I found it by that time. And I had all these orgasms and I I was really enjoying them. And at one point he stops. Literally, I think I was writing him, obviously, because it had to do with that position. So I was on top of him and I think he was sitting up more than normal. And anyways, we were close and he stops and mid ride. He stops me. He goes, well, wait, are you in pain? (laughs) Oh, God. And I'm like. No, he goes, your face is, oh I don't, God. and so then immediately from that moment on, and I know he didn't need it or anything. I've always been worried about my faces and like lights were turned off after that for a long time. <laughs> now they're not, I'm like, but I bring it up because I brought up the blue tarp guy because he loved me on top, wanted me on top, wanted that position. And I was able to find how I can control my orgasms. The orgasms are different on top. And when you take control. And so then I turned him into a meat sled. (laughs) I'm going to use that from now on. Very well. Come here, meat sled. (laughs) (laughs) Just be prepared for somebody to call you that back. That's fine. Good for the goose has to be good for the gander. So I'm a whole. (laughs) (laughs) Do what you want. Yeah. Anyways, goodness. Yeah. uh, It's amazing. The things that we find we're already off track. We're so good off to the races and off track. And I love this about our podcast where we take these moments of this is what we're doing. And then I cannot keep my coach out of my face. So (laughs) it has to come out. But I do. I think that's a good organic, healthy way. And people need to model their conversations and understand that Take the opportunities that you have when you're having conversations. We're also ashamed about what we do that get us off that then we don't talk about it. And we walk around in our heads all the time saying, you have shame about this. I have shame about this. And you just happen to have this one conversation and it opens this whole other thing. I had a listener reach out and say that they were so appreciative of our masturbation podcast because they grind while masturbating. <gasps> really? And another yeah, grinder? Uh, another grinder. And oh, I want to say that they really said, thank you so much. I do this. And I have had so much shame around it. It is so nice to know that I'm not the only one that does this. So we're just going to keep these conversations coming and we're going to talk about all the things and hopefully more people will get what our intention is, which is to, you know, de-shameify. It is sad to me and so telling how easy it is to have these shameful moments in sex. I mean, you were enjoying... Or to create yeah. them. Yeah. Was like or I to was create in, them. Yeah. I mean, you were, you already had shame from this one specific guy and like hugely traumatizing, I'm sure more yes. than, and I'm sure shame fed into that. And then you have it again. And all the guys talking about your face. You know what? Fuck off. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. I'm already rubbing my head. I'm so uh, mad. Yeah. No, Wait, but it, it you know, I had to say responsible for their O faces. <laughs> right. I, you, I, unless you're a porn star, you are then getting paid to pay attention to your face and your 
your tits or your ass or your vagina or your leg or your whatever. Right. You don't get paid when you're having sex. You're fucking, you're having a good time. Right. And I think it's fucking ridiculous to be like, I mean, there are times for sure that I've had those thoughts in my head around, oh, do they have a cramp? Like <laughs> this a face is, but you don't say it. You just you see where it lands. Like- and then if you feel like it's come to, if there is a shutdown, because I get really emotional in sex and sometimes I'm having a great time. And all of a sudden I am crying and I have wonderful, supportive partners. I will yes. say that because I am never shamed. It is an immediate, hey, baby, I'm checking in with you. Where are you? Would you like to stop? Do you want to keep going? Because sometimes it could be either. It could be I'm just so emotionally overwhelmed because of how deep and connective the sex has been. Or maybe it's just I had a really fucking bad day. I thought I wanted to get railed. And I right. think I need something gentler. And I'm, you know, <laughs> so it's just, there's an appropriate way to do that. Oh, and I it's agree. not like fix your face. It's not. <laughs> well, and the, here's right. the fallout of it. Besides having those shameful thoughts about, oh, my face is distorted and hideous or whatever. I also turned the lights off. Years, you yeah, said. For years. I, years. And then even with the blue tarp man, <laughs> that's what he's going to be called from now on. The lights were off. You asked me originally what my favorite position is. I enjoy immensely girl on top for my control. So when I'm in that right mindset, when I okay. really want to control my orgasms, you're just a meat sled and yes. I'm going to use you. Definitely love that part about it. I do like doggy and I don't know why. Yes, you do. You oh, totally know why. You tell me all the time why you like doggy. Oh, no, I don't. You know, I don't. Yes, really. you do. Do you want me to do a Sarah impression? Yes, please. Tell me oh, why I like doggy. My God, when I'm like. I'm on my hands and my knees and he's just like railing me from behind. And it's like the perfect position. I could feel that dick so deep in me. That is literally an excerpt from Sarah. <laughs> like one of a thousand <laughs> from you about doggy. If there was one position I was going to pick for you, it would be doggy. Cause that's what you talk about with such excitement and passion. Mm-hmm. And no, you have to listen to me. Seriously. <laughs> this is so great. So that's what I would say for you. For oh. sure. So I do enjoy doggy. The part I don't like about doggy is you don't you get can't to see. <laughs> and Gee, I have like, had this conversation yes, before. Yes, I have. can't see what's going on. Have you never thought to put a mirror in front of you? I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. Okay, you wear your glasses during sex. <laughs> Ooh, no. Why? Because I get all face printed. Do you wear contacts? No, but it puts me in my body more, though, too, when I have to actually feel everything. So it works. It works. It's okay. My solution to all this was I took my phone and position it near my shoulder and could see. I've also put the phone underneath me. I got to see the penetration that he doesn't even get to see until we videoed it. Tripod the shit out of that. And then you can watch it with your glasses on. (laughs) and You can see what you're missing, I guess. Yes. No, I don't mind the video. Video the fuck out of it, man. Yeah, I think videos are always super hot. I mean, there's definitely a massive difference between making a video versus watching a professional one. I think the first time I was part of, oh, Tihi, we're going to record. And then I watched it. I was like, oh my God. What? Oh my God. That's what I look. Oh my God. You know, and I shamed myself because I was holding myself next to a porn star. That's right. not the case. But now I've worked through a lot of that and I do find it erotic and I do find it sexy. And I also complain like guys literally have the best views because generally that's how it is they really do doggy style i love it it's your favorite you're right i'm face down you could be blindfolded you could be face down into a bed or a pillow or your hair's in the way or you're braced and holding on and your hands are in the way i was on an ottoman face down to where my knees are on the ottoman my hands are on the ground keeping me on the ottoman kind of thing yeah broke the ottoman that's almost like a wheelbarrow yeah position Almost, yeah. Well, I mean, I would still say yeah. it is. It's just modified. Your ass was in the air on the ottoman and then he yes. was behind you. Yes, that's it. Click. Your hands were on the floor. Floor. And we videoed it. We had him put the camera where he videoed it. It's my favorite video because I get to watch the penetration and the orgasm. You can hear it in the background. It's just amazing. Oh, yeah. I love that. Right. I do like being railed by a doggy. You're hilarious. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about also... 
like your positions though no yeah we'll get to that i'm sure but in and around i wanted to give some tips too yes like around a couple of those cowgirl right is great that's the meat sled position for sure i have damage to my knees from barrel racing so it can be really hard for me to maintain that position but what i will tell you is because it's an empowering position for female obviously i'm always going to encourage that because you need to take a little of your power back and have those moments for yourself Reverse cowgirl in situations where people have disabilities with their legs. I get a lot of leg cramps too. Doing the reverse cowgirl actually is easier on my knees and then inspires less crampage in my legs. So I think more it's making positions work for you and not being scared of them as much. I love being on top. What helps me in that is literally if my partner actually uses their thumb and plays with my clit too. Because a a lot of women cannot get off just with penetration. So they need that outside stimuli. So I always try and remind women to whatever position you're in to be able to keep a hand free so that if your partner doesn't have a hand free, that you can help yourself out in that situation. Right. Obviously, I also believe that the orgasm shouldn't be the end goal there. Who doesn't love a good orgasm? But (laughs) sex doesn't need to be so wrapped up around coming. We can have a ton of good time for hours and never complete. Or maybe you can have a thousand or maybe you can have one or whatever that is. So also with doggy, that's another good one. If you take your hands from the actual, you know, straight out shoulders aligning with your bum and you lay down. So just your booties up. You can reach your hand down between your legs and you can use a toy. You can use your finger, mm-hmm. use any of that stuff. So just make positions work for you. I agree. I There's uh, no right or wrong there. It works for you. My favorite morning one. Now, time is a days I even have favorite one. But my favorite morning one is I call it the T. You're laying on your back and he lifts your leg and he comes in that for way. Oral? No, actually for, for sex. sex he, okay, so you are laying flat yes, on your back? It. Flat on your back. And your partner comes between your bent legs, comes underneath your bent legs, the whole body. Sideways. Sideways. And penetrates you that way. So your legs become overlapping to his body. That is the T on top of the body. Okay. Yeah. How does that work? Does that get in deeper for you? It gets in deep, but it also allows in the morning when you're not quite. Different view too. The view is amazing. He can caress the breast or she can caress the breast. And then you don't have to deal with the morning breath. (laughs) (laughs) that can be a deal breaker for some people for sure i call it primal because it is about the feeling of the dick pussy and you can stimulate the pussy too but there is no you're in that fuzzy brain of waking up and you're not yeah. quite all awake there's no coffee in there and you can you just the day literally hasn't hit you yet right still in the morning just gonna have that orgasm it's yours yeah and it's the same for them you know it's usually the with the pee on or with the strap on in other cases but i always laugh about it great i just had the pee on it's hard great that's mine thanks you had the morning wood the morning wood is another word for it yeah that i've done that that's the one i like that i don't get a lot i just like it it's the one that if i get a choice of having it i'll take that one you know okay yes so that's a top we're doing top three top five Oh, I don't know. I don't, so I you have you have that one, which is the T. We're just going to call it the T. The T. That's what I call it. We're going to we're going to call it the Taga. Taga. That works. And then you've got you do still like being on top. Like I meat do, sun? but I don't do it as much because I will go to doggy. Oh, okay, so always I think yeah. is doggy like number one for you. It is with this partner. Let's put it that with this. Yeah, I mean, then things change based on your partner's technique, ability, want, desire, drive. So, yeah, for sure. My uh, my old lover, he was really good with missionary. That's the one where I was like, oh, yeah, just just missionary. He was good in other positions, but that's the one that would hit so many good orgasms. There's a couple of different styles, obviously. There's legs out, right? right? You're laying on your back, your legs are straight. There's also missionary where your legs are wrapped around by your partners. Right. So your hips are rocked up and it opens you up further and your legs are kind of that type of thing. Okay. So that one, not just plain missionary that we know about, right? but like a rocked up version of that. Yes, yep. he was really good I at that. No, I like that one. That one works for me with G-Spot. 
for sure. And you can come from penetrative? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I can. I can. Definitely isn't that much of a problem for me anymore. Used to be where it wasn't. I still feel like I'm getting into my body and learning the tips and tricks. Like 44, I've got a glossary going. I'm trying to write down the illustrations so I can remember. It just (laughs) does depend on what's going on. Oral for me is obviously, we talk about this all the time. It's super huge for me. I think that's still my favorite type of orgasm. For me, it's just the big, that's the biggest orgasm that you will get. It will rip through me. I will try and snap your neck. You will be smothered. You will be just caged in by me as I try and break your nose with my pelvis. So I was thinking about what you were just saying with that T. Yes. Also, if he just comes in that same way and tries oral, I have not put this into practice yet, but I came across an article a couple days ago and it was talking about that position, but having them do oral on you sideways so that their mouth isn't, you know, how you're sitting on, you're laying on your back. And your vagina's front and center. Right. Well, they, you know, they have their chin and their neck and everything. But if they're on their side, they're also propped. And I hear, I hear tell that sideways mouth on, on pussy is actually quite enjoyable. So I was, keep that in mind. So it'd be the same position. You're laying flat on your back. Done it. What? I've done it. Oh, have you? Does it work? (laughs) It does. You're right. So you're describing it. Why is it different? It is just different. It's because it becomes more clitoral. You know, when you have the chin, you get more. It covers a lot. Even the nose. Like I love reverse like 69. I used to hate 69. Now I freaking crave it. I still like it. Huh? You still? I don't like it. Oh, see, I didn't, but I like it with this partner. I love it with this partner. What ends up happening is the way the mouth couples it differently even in the 69 but when he comes from the side it is solely about the lips at that point and yes it is i can see why they say it's different and to try it it's not solely about the lips but it definitely puts the pressure point differently because generally the pressure point is you know they have the tongue and it starts at the bottom and then kind of licks up or they suck on your clit or whatever and i can see how turning your head sideways more of that would fit in I have you given like head a, like that before? Have you done head? I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I've been in every fucking position when I've <laughs> given too. head. But I but mean, that doesn't then, really translate to my pussy, right? But I'm then not. think about the head of it. Even then, it, being sideways, you get a whole different sensation on the head. I pay attention to the different points on the t- tip of the box. penis. The penis. The dick. There's this one spot on the other side that I love playing with. Some guys don't like it. Some guys do. They may have a spot on the front side. And sideways sometimes can help. You can trigger different points that they don't realize that they have. So yeah, I've done it with penises and my partner now, he actually is really good about hitting all different spots of my clit. And that's one way he does because he can suck on it differently. And you're right. He doesn't stroke it from top to bottom on being on the side. That's why I'm saying it's really about he'll suck on a lip and he'll suck on the clit and it's more. Which doesn't happen enough. Yeah, I know. You're right. It really doesn't. I think it's something that needs to be spoken about. Please don't (laughs) leave the lips out. Yes. People that are eating vagina. I don't care who you are. Please don't leave those out. Those are there for, those are really good. Does not happen enough. I shave everything. So I want it all eaten. Right. I want the whole, I want your face to be like a sloppy joke. Come up. I want it. Scared if you have one. I can't wait till we go to video because to see your face right now, you're like, please, you're like a little angel. Like she just needed her halo. Please suck on my lips, on my pussy. All jokes on you. All of our stuff is recorded and eventually somebody can see this. We may not be prepared because we're not wearing makeup into this stuff, but I don't care. Anybody can see how I am. (laughs) I'm me. Oh, that's another thing. When you were talking about you playing with penises, another thing that since I'm asking for, hey, pay attention to the lips, you women or anybody actually, when you are faced with a penis and it's going to go in your mouth. I hope that you have a conversation with your partners first and say, what do you like? But there's also, you know, you don't have a cock ring. Guess what? Put your fingers around finger and thumb. Like you're given an okay sign and that's your cock ring based on how much pressure they want. Maybe they want a little bit. Maybe they want a lot. I think it's really hot when I am doing doggy style, which I love doggy. Love it. Probably one of my favorites, but I always like to keep one of my hands open in case I need, you know, if I'm right there and I want to assist or maybe I've been given a toy and told you will do this Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I really get turned on by putting my fingers in a V and snaking that up 
around my hole while there's a penis in there and then clamping my fingers on the much like a cock ring, right? Right. So giving them like a firmer, it's just like that extra pressure. I, and it's just so erotic to me. Like yeah. this cock slide in and out of my fingers. Exactly. And it's got like me on it. So it's all wet. And it's right. just, to me, that's a primal place that I go. Yeah. That scene, I, I was just going to say, because you like that. They feel all, I've done that. It, it's all about flexibility, how much you can curl in to do that. Very but, true. Yeah. And, but it is fun. I agree with you. You could that do is, that on this side. You could be laying yeah. on this side and they could be penetrating. Penetrating, and then if you can't support yourself, it's all about finding something that works and then making it for you. So we talk about the T and let me, I wanted to bring this up when we talked about the T that goes back to if you have somebody with a disability or a, an injury, that's a really good one because nobody has a lot of pressure. I actually found that when I was pregnant, when my belly oh. was so big, that was the only way laying on the side wasn't comfortable. So laying on my back, put the baby in a different position. I could have sex in that well, position. Well, you know, I was, I, I was masturbating when I was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I was a newlywed and I really wanted it all the time. I actually, the, the day before my son was born, I forced my husband to have sex with me so I could have an orgasm because I was told that if you could have sex before. They do encourage sex to help you go into labor. And I did that day. I wish. I I was the horniest I think I've ever been, except for, like I said, now in my 40s. And Mm -hmm. I just had a husband that was not interested. So again, it's great because he inspired me to learn how to masturbate. So I'm not going to be mad about that. And then kudos you know, to him on that. Yeah. One of us had to get, he was getting sex from whoever. So at least oh. his needs were being met. Mine weren't. And there goes a whole nother story. Right. I know. So we were talking about, so the T also another position that I like uh, that I wanted to bring up because we we're talking about disabilities that where she's laying on the bed on her back and her butt's right on the edge and her feet are straight up. Legs and feet are straight up and he comes yeah. in if he has knee yeah. injuries or hips or whatever, it really, cause yeah. he's in a straight up position and she gets it also sideways. She can turn sideways. I I've, really like that one. I do too. I really do. I like being able to hold on to the end of the bed cause and push I'm not in. getting pushed across right. it while having right. sex, but I love that. And then I do love that. I feel like women are much more prone to closing their eyes during sex than men. Right. And then we kind of complain about this whole thing about and it's not complain because there are actual things like when you're doing doggy style, unless you have a mirror and you can see. Right. Right. There are visuals that get taken away from us because we're really the only time I think I keep my eyes open and I come online unless my partner is like, you will be present because I'm a trans person, not a connective person, which is fine, is when I'm on top. Because I'm in charge, because I'm doing the thing. So any anything that I feel I'm more empowered in, I tend to stay connective in sex versus my trance where I kind of go out. Right. And I think men are more visual in general than women. I feel like women were so in our heads and closing our eyes can shut out the stories around us. It keeps me super in the zone of what's going on. There are a lot of women that need to create a porn in their head, their sexual hottest movie. It's not that they don't care what their partners are doing. It's not that they're not present, but having an orgasm can be really hard to do sometimes. So I do like when I get opportunity to have my eyes open. And I feel like that specific one that you're talking about where your booty's off the edge of the bed and your partner has your legs up probably over their shoulders if you're tall enough to have long legs. Otherwise, they're just straight up the chest. Your body doesn't get in the way. My belly gets in the way. (laughs) I mean, I like having that and then having my partner like tip into me. So Mm -hmm. they're standing up and they have my legs along their torso with my feet at their head, but them leaning over the bed because that also pivots my hips up and makes my G-spot more accessible to Mm -hmm. them. And that's a comfortable one too. My husband loves to grab my thighs so down by his trunk where all the action's going on. Right. And he can really get in there and grind in there and do those things, which are great. And feels um, amazing. I yeah. And I just find in those moments, I do open my eyes because it's a spectator sport for me. Right. It's something that I can see. Right. Because if right. I open my eyes during doggy style, I'm probably looking at the fucking wall. <laughs> or the bed <laughs> or in my into case. The sheets or, you know, whatever's going on. But anytime that I am facing a partner, right. I feel like I'm 
much more able and find myself wanting to do those connective moments. And again, it depends on partner too. One partner might not need you to come out of your trance and reconnect and then go back in. It just depends on what conversations you've had. But definitely... I'm trying to think of what my ultimate sexual position would be. Oh, I'll never claim one. Not just one. As no, and I don't think you yeah. can. I mean, I'm just keeping it in the here and now because anytime that you change partners or anytime you learn a new technique, obviously it leaves room for growth. There always <laughs> is. But I'm just trying to think of what a favorite one is for me right now. I'll always without a doubt, go doggy. I like doggy, but I like my partner's hand around my throat, pulling me back. I like a little bit of breath play that way. And obviously that takes a lot of trust and a lot of communication. So people don't just be grabbing people. If you're going to play with breath play, let me give you some videos to go watch and let me give you a tutorial on where to grab on the neck and all the important things. So we don't kill and crush windpipes and right. aim and have this horrible thing go wrong. But I think for me, that would probably be like, I just love that possessiveness. And with that pressure of my throat being held backwards. So I get a little bit of the mm-hmm. little gaspy little. <gasps> so it definitely keeps me focused on what's going on. Right. And then just that pressure of being, I like when my arms are grabbed. So in whatever scenario, and mostly it's probably when I'm facing away in a doggy style position, it could even be, oh, you know what? I do have one. Yeah. I really like being face down, it, picture missionary, right? But you're on your tummy yep. instead of your back. And then I like when my partner basically sits right on the top of my thighs. So it's doggy too. Right. But I'm flat on the ground and then fucks me that way. I like that one. I like it. Same position, but instead of him sitting, that he comes back and lays on you. So you have him almost enveloping you. Yes. You I mean, that, that is more, a, oh. a hinge position, right? You can go. You can lean it further back, which I like. You can grab the hips. You can grab the butt and push it forward. You can Mm -hmm. grab arms and pin behind my back and use my arms to help. That's also a really good position for (laughs) anal as well. Because you're in. Yes. I do love some anal. And I'm still learning. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's not something that I do all the time either. It's been a hot minute. I will put that out there. It's it's been a while. (laughs) That position is really good, especially for anal. If you already started to warm it up, if you're trying to lose your anal virginity per se, and you want to feel it, if you get in that position, what ends up happening is if you put a pillow underneath her belly and you lay on the pillow and you lift the butt up, when elevate pumping, your hips, yeah. elevate the hips and they come in from that position, it's almost like it slides in easier. You're not, you're, yeah, I can see that. Force the muscles a little bit differently. Um, I'm just going to add for anybody doing it that there's yeah. definitely a technique to preparing one to have anal. Yes. So and there's that's a lot one of, of the massaging that needs to happen. Correct. It's and always better to have anal after you've had an orgasm already. Good because point. Because it's you're relaxed. And on. You Turn on, yeah. That's the thing you slam into. One, and then that's, no. a, I think it's a whole. Unless that's your uh, that's thing. A, yes, that's true. There's a whole thing to anal. And we might even do just an episode on it because there is a lot of unique things you can do to prep for it. And there's training toys. There's all yes. sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then I have anal trauma. We talk about that. Most of us do. <laughs> and you know what? It's sad because a lot of times it's not that I haven't experienced dudes that have definitely slammed into my asshole trying to act like it was an accident. That's wholly traumatic in another way. The pain is just awful. Yeah. And it's non-forgivable when you know somebody's done that because that's they're hurting you and they don't care. Right. But when done correctly, I think that's where most of the anal trauma starts is you get in these moments where you're frenzied and you just want to fuck and then they slip out and then they're blind man in the dark trying to shove it back in. And no, sometimes that happens and it happens way yes. quicker than they think they've got the right one and they're just in there. So that's a little different than being a douchebag to be a douchebag. And right. Like, right. Oh, I thought it was your pussy. No, you didn't. <laughs> you did it. Been with a couple of those. No, the other, the even anal on him it's a there's a technique to it too you like how to prep you know it's and i've noticed this is solely me but i've noticed as i'm getting older the older and i love my older men i'm noticing that a lot more older men that are very much interested in having penetration of their anus yeah because they know (laughs) that's the thing that is a super thing that i'm finding between age gaps is more open to ass play versus that's my butthole 
Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. And I'm, my question is, what experiences have you had? How has that gone for you? I have a guy that, you know, is, yeah, like I've tried to have a finger in my asshole for 20 years. At least he still is curious and sees right. over. And it's just not for him. And I would agree that, no, that's not for him. You tried for 20 years, but. I remember this no. one gentleman that I was with guy and we had some great play, but he didn't, he couldn't get off by penetrating a pussy. Yeah. He could only get off by masturbating and having somebody shove something in his butt. Yeah. And he it's was, another thing for men too. Yeah. Yeah, he that was the only way he can come. And it was quite an interesting thing. I was under the influence of alcohol when I did it and I was having fun. I went after that. And at one point he's a little soft would be nice. And I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> See, like, we get all excited, too. Yeah. And we don't follow the rules either. Right. So yeah. I got learned, but it was only my fingers at that point. So that was. Yeah, I think I know a lot more men that are in their 40s and beyond that are like definitely touched by the hole. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't have to happen, but no, I definitely, yeah. there's something to prostate play. There's something to just, again, when I get oral, I love a little thumb pad right in my hole, my vaginal opening right. to the fair, not urethral, not whatever, just down at the bottom, right. opposite of your clit. I like a good thumb pad in there, just kind of wiggling around in like a circular motion. And it's the same thing for dudes. Just take the pad of your thumb or the pad of your finger and just rub the butthole. And women with nails, you can use your knuckle. You can. Yes, yep. definitely. Nails are not a good thing. No. And we have to start talking about gloves and stuff like that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> but you know, yeah, you don't works. have to be invasive. Yeah. It, it, just the outside stimulation is when it's naughty and it's, hey, I'm naughty. You, I have had some fun being the top learning that dudes also like that stuff. I think that's, I think it's great, but I have partners that are like, don't touch it. It's my butthole. I don't like it. I still like, but do you, <laughs> but uh, how do you know? Have you done anything? Yes, what, know, right? You, <laughs> you like, can't I, tell me you don't like it. If you don't know. One of my fantasies that I've always wanted is to strap on a strap on and peg a guy. That's, that's my so one finish. It is. But you know what's it's funny so about hot. it? It's I've had strap-ons on and I've used them on women and they're fine. I mean, they're, it's a whole thing. But I think it's just that fantasy that I like. I don't have to do you it. You think I it's just, better in your head than yeah. reality? It's in my head. Dude, I love that. That happens all the time. I understand. I get in that too. We've talked about, so there's three types of sexual type of people. So one is the trance, which is you kind of go away and you float and you come in, you come out, whatever. Mm -hmm. The other is the connective, the people connective. They want to look in the each other's eyes. They want to know that their partner's with them. That's a big deal to them. And then the other one's kind of role play. And I'm sure that there's a bunch of different subcategories and everything that we can say in here, but to right. keep it simple, right. then there's the role play one and that's theater and scripts and all these other things, which I'm sure now that everybody knows they've been listening to this podcast. I suck at I will wear the outfit. <laughs> Don't make me act. I have trauma around you wanting me to be somebody else in bed because I have trauma around my identity. Right. From, so that's something that I try and stay cognizant about, try and work through. It's not worked so far. So I but, think to yeah. add to that, I think there is some subconscious trauma around it. The blue tarp man in my life, when we did the blue tarp scene, which wasn't knowing why I was going to do it, he had me put on a wig. And then he called me somebody else without pre-negotiating this. And so I ended up having trauma around it besides the blue tarp thing of having sex. I think sex. we need to give a really quick recap of blue tarp. <laughs> so I went to go see an old lover and he had me go take a shower. And while I was gone, I came out to the room that we were going to have sex in. And there was a huge 10 foot by 10 foot blue tarp on the ground. <laughs> I still can't believe that you're fucking alive, but okay. <laughs> and on top of it was an air mattress. And then next to it, which is the funny part, was a little tiny easel with a canvas on it. And what he wanted to do was have sex and paint while we were having he sex. He wanted, to, no, let's clarify, he wanted you on top. Right. Have right. sex with him while you're painting. While we were painting. And then uh, you both were painting? Yeah. Well, okay. if I could handle, if I could hold it, but I gave up after a while. And then you had to figure out how, you're like, okay, so here's the thing. It's hard enough <laughs> as it is to concentrate being on top of the penis, then you're dipping it into a color, your brush, and then you're trying to hit the canvas while you're riding up and down. It just doesn't work. Was it, so was it like, I have a question. Was it an abstract painting? It was yes. just supposed to be like, I'm giving you these tools. I'm going to fuck you the whole time. You are accountable for putting paint on it and then pushing it to the canvas. And then 
I'm going to fuck you. And then her painting happens. And so that's it wasn't like sex. a paint by number or no, like, like you have to do this Monet yeah, recreation. Totally abstract. And part that was super funny was is that oh um, I was on top. <laughs> so trying to get it in and ride. And uh, no, he ended up doing it, ended up being a big black glob. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much what I anticipated. So that's fine. Maybe he can see all the positions he nailed you in that. I don't know. But you were saying specifically on top of all these other things that would have inspired a lifetime movie about how they escaped and survived. But this is Sarah's sexual exploration. I have great ones. And I'm teasing. I don't mean to shame you. Let me just say that. I'm fine with it. Because the part that was super funny was in the bathroom was a wig, like a clip on ponytail wig. Yes, right. That he's here, wear this. And so I had to pull my hair back in a ponytail and clip it on and come out. And he called me somebody else. Now that immediately yeah, should that have been like, I would have immediately shut down. Be, and I was like, oh, okay. What, like what? I just, I just yeah. want to be like, it's been so much of my life where I've not been enough to people. Like in my sex, yes. I, that is the one identity that I have to be in control of is no, you're not fucking the nurse. You're not fucking like Velma, Hermione <laughs> or anybody else. Like you are, you're fucking me. And yeah. for people to ask me and I want to, it's not like I, I don't judge people that can do it. I don't care. I'm actually jealous of it. I think it's great. I think that if I could allow it to happen, it might be quite healing around some of that trauma for me. I have not hit that spot yet. Me either. Yeah, I would. it gives me, it's what, I'm not good enough to fuck? You have to have me be this other person. I already grew up my whole life being hated for who I am, not taking this from me. And then you're going to make me paint? And do it on a blue card. <laughs> yeah, it was a traumatic you thing. Now alive, and I feel like <laughs> that is what needs to be taken away from this. That's all you get in that scenario, babe. You came out alive. I did. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to justify his choices and what his thing, but his I love IQ how giving was up you there. Are. I know his IQ was up there like Sheldon. Okay, like from yeah. Big Bang Theory. He so he was his EQ was what. Like he did not have any social skills at all. And so he had these fantasies. He tried to collide too many things into one scene. And that's the way his brain worked. And it was kind of attractive to be with him for a while. But when the blue tarp came out, that was the end of the relationship after that. It was like, I was like, we were already drifting apart, but that was actually super funny. Always remember the blue tarp. And I will always remember him because he taught me a lot about myself. I was able to really get in my head and realize that I could get on top and be in control and totally rock this position. But it made me crave other positions like I craved for doggy when I was with him. I'm like, oh, please just get behind me and do this. Well, right. Because this was kind of the only thing that he liked from you. It's the only thing. Because the thing you have to take into play, what I didn't realize back then that I do realize now is he had sensory issues. He got overloaded by a lot Mm. of things. And because of his, let's say his Sheldon moments where he was super smart, almost too smart, that his sensory, he didn't like touching. He didn't like kissing. Kissing was not a thing for him. He'll kiss me. He was very loving. He had the heart of gold. I always tease about the blue tarp, but when you get down to it, he was such an amazing person, hands down. And I appreciate what he gave to the world and what he gives Mm -hmm. to the world. Somewhere out there, there's that painting of from our Oh my tarp experience. Oh my God. I hope it's fucking somewhere out in public. Like I really do. I think that's another good thing to bring up is that neurodivergent people have different needs, different yes. boundaries, different whatever. And again, all of this centers around communication and really having this fundamental understanding of your partner's needs, wants, and desires and what they absolutely can do, what they are willing to do, and then hard no's. You know, right. what is that for you? And then having conversations so it can be respectfully played out. And then having conversations if something happens in a negative way to repair whatever has happened. I think all of that gets lost in this. We need to fuck. We need to (laughs) orgasm. You know, if you if that's your main objective, I'm guessing you're pretty bombed a lot of the times. I'm guessing it doesn't really satisfy you in the ways that it could if you communicated around what that is. Because there's I mean, there's definitely let me walk in a room and have you just basically fucking shove me on the ground and 
have your way with me or make me give you oral or fucking whatever. Like I'm down for all of that stuff. But it's also that can hit me very wrong one day. <laughs> could be like, get the fuck off me. Right. I am yes, I know I was your whore yesterday, but today I'm a princess. <laughs> you know? So it is kind of like <laughs> talking about it and being able to talk about it in the moment right. to get yourself out of a scene. Again, I might be all into this whole scene and then something happens and light switches thrown and I am out. I am this is no longer okay. And it's important for people to know that about you. Just to know, hey, check in with me. Right. I think also I definitely communicate that and advocate that for myself because I am so trans of stuff that I do, especially in BDSM realms, requires right. communication. Well, like even even so I was wanting to say we were talking about a lot of the disability positions and stuff, but there's other disabilities and it's coming back to what you're saying in the fact that when you're not checking in with your partner, I have a kidney that is lower for some reason than the other one. And if you're inside me, you can hit and hurt my kidney that. And yeah. so not checking in with me or when I say, whoa, wait, or I try to push away from you or I shift, check in. It is a good thing to know what your partner is experiencing. And if you don't care, then it's not fun for both of you. And I think yeah. that's the thing. I, I feel totally like the only time that I mean, never really, but the non-verbalness in a, you know, that could be a scene that you're playing out, right? right. Like a specific type of where that is and you don't talk or your mouth's taped or whatever. But even within that, there's communication because right. you still can get overwhelmed and you still have to be able to get yourself out of that stuff, whether that's a double rapid blink of your eyes or physically grab their thigh or you know, make the cutting motion on your neck or whatever that is. So it's super important to have nonverbal communication as much as it is because I like to go pretty hard and I think I've only used my safe word twice and it was only during a time of being caned that mm. got me to that and it, it was a rapid succession thing and that cane was just, it was brutal it's not a for the faint of heart type of situation yes and that, but everything else I mean I think of everything else I've done and I'm like oh my god I'm a freak <laughs> holy shit <laughs> I've never uttered a safe word during a lot of things. It doesn't even dawn on me. I'm like, yay! yay. I, I used my red. It was a training session when I was becoming a master, working on being a master and how to control. And I was being controlled because the master, the trainer I had said, the only way you can learn is to basically be a switch. So you're now my sub and, and we'll talk about how you felt okay, here. I appreciate that just for the experience from both oh, sides. Right. And it was really awesome in the fact that while I was his sub, he had put me in a scene and I hadn't been in a scene like this where I had the paddling and the constant repetitive impact was getting tiresome because after a certain time, if you don't break that pattern it could intensify the pain what was interesting was he had me in this position and i read at him i used the red and he stopped he did what he was supposed to do yeah but i didn't understand that when red means dead everything stops and in my mind i'm thinking that needed to stop so it should have been a yellow learning how to communicate even with your partners that even if you had a relationship I didn't realize. And so I had and to go back to him. Change too. Yeah, it did. And he wasn't offended. That's why we have more than one word. It's not just red, green. And learning, yeah. you would have that safe word means dead stop. But if you need another one, it says need a break. Give me a break. Let me uh, breathe. The one thing that I have, like you were talking about with your experiences, my partner that I have now, what he's so good about, <laughs> jokingly says because he's got ADD, he doesn't stay focused on one thing and then he changes it up. So he'll do oral and then he'll turn me over and he'll paddle me and then he'll turn me over and do maybe penetrative or whatever. We don't stay on one task for very long, but he'll repeat yeah. it. It, we'll go back and back and back. <laughs> you know, so like right. rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, which is great. But it triggers a whole bunch of different feelings. Like I'll get an intense penetrative feeling and then I get to have the orgasm of oral. So I get a combination of things and it's yeah, not I like the mix up. Yeah, I do too. And it's I think I'm definitely I love foreplay. I love the making out and the building up to the flirty, the fun, the naughty. Maybe you're, you're kissing all day or you're holding hands and you're being intimate. Like I like the build up to it. And I definitely think that the mental part of that is foreplay, not just the physical act. I could be in a great mood and be horny all day and whatever partner 
I'm with says something that's not in my acceptable things to say things this day. And I'm done. <laughs> I'm turned off. You yeah. have to work on it pretty hard. We're going to have to reset. I think being in that heightened mentality of just really having this connection with my partner is part of what makes any sexual move like the best. Right. Right. You know what I mean? If we're really vibing and we're doing all the things and yeah, do whatever you want. so let's recap what we've been talking about we're trying to cover so much here one of the things that i really appreciate it was the fact that it's not just missionary anymore it's not just cowgirl it's not just doggy there's many variances and at the same time you also take into the fact we're getting older so body parts don't function and yeah always away there's chairs there's other positions absolutely Um, standing missionary sideways uh, missionary there's a ton of different ways i'm so tired of that word missionary just sounds so boring and it's really not like it just sounds (laughs) yes it just is boring and it shouldn't be boring that you do that brings yourself pleasure should be celebrated for those things but yeah i think it's definitely about figuring out what you like and advocating for that and getting a partner well, that's down to give an experiment i, I really yeah, the, experiment. Thing, the, the whole point of what i really wanted to get out of this podcast from the very beginning before i met you my wonderful partner was my original intent was that i want people to talk and experiment try to work through your shame and the communication factor helps really getting in there and just getting to know okay well if my left leg is up and my right leg is down this hits to the g spot differently yeah I think that's awesome. I think the only other advice that I would say is don't forget as partners individually, your partner's erogenous zones as well. So even if one is being pleasured, you can also give that pleasure. I like the inside of my elbows kiss, my clavicle kissed. I love my ear nipped. I love back of my legs, the fold of my where my thigh meets my ass. You want to lick along that line. I'm all for it. And men like their nipples played with too. You do have to ask. I would suggest everybody ask, where's your erogenous zones? Because there might be some weird spots. You know, might be in an armpit. Who knows? But as long as you don't care and they don't care and you can incorporate that in, don't forget about that shit. Well, I agree. My pleasure. I love being bit on my back. It doesn't even have to be soft. It could be just bite me on my back and I'm I'm putty putty in your arms yeah there's all that i really appreciate the starting of this conversation because i was having one of those days it reminded me how much just the little parts of sex were amazing you know like the different positions and this has been a really wonderful conversation so at the end of this i wanted to bring up that coming soon we're going to be having patreon Oh, yeah. So check us out. We're going to start to incorporate a little bit of video on our Patreon feed. Give us about a month and then we'll definitely announce it's there. And I'd love to yeah, see you guys. Yeah, you guys can finally see the beauty that is within. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and out, I guess, outside. There you so go. We're looking into merch. So that will be coming out soon, too. I think we're going to start with the coffee mug because it's just wonderful. You can go to our website, check out what the coffee mug looks like. Don't forget to sign up for our podcast on Spotify. Apple Podvine and make sure you guys give us a rating. Please give us five stars. It helps us out so much. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. I think it's time to say go be good humans. Go be good humans, guys. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening and supporting our podcast. You can listen to us on Spotify and iTunes and, of course, on our website at orgasmictourist.com. Please don't forget to help us out by sharing our podcast and leaving a five-star review. As always, you can send us an email with your questions and comments to orgasmictourist at gmail.com.